I don't really believe too much in a work-life balance. I think that it's <laughs> your business is your life and your life is your business and you need to be happy in that. One of the things that I really love about America and particularly working in America is a sort of eternal optimism that, that, that's here. Like people don't see failures as failures. They see them as successes because you actually gave something a go. You're listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, your host, Kevin Turlick. So my name is Ali Syed. I am the International Partnerships Coordinator here at Capital Factory. Uh, and Capital Factory, uh, if I had to go with one, uh, one phrase, we are the center of gravity for entrepreneurship for the state of Texas. Sebastian has taken me downtown to meet the folks at Capital Factory. This is a veritable Shangri-La for any entrepreneur coming to Texas. Because it's here you find information and funds to help your business endeavor. But more importantly still, you find like-minded people, entrepreneurs just like you. Yes, we are smack in the middle of downtown Austin. And I must say, it's a very impressive building you have here. It's uh, yes, it is. So our building is, is very unique. Uh, we have three floors on uh, the office side of this building, and we're also attached to a hotel. Uh, and uh, we have been trying to convince them for years now to help uh, to have us make them the most tech-forward hotel in the world. And one day we will succeed. <laughs> Just for, for people listening, because uh, when we arrived here, um, we met a number of entrepreneurs. And I think we're right, Sebastian, that everybody kept saying, how great Austin is, yeah. Yeah, and then what was the other thing they kept saying? Oh, you gotta go to Capital Factory, exactly. Yeah, everybody kept talking about this Capital Factory and, and we didn't know what, and we had visions of some sort of rather gringy post-industrial complex like you'd have in Hackney or in London. Um, and instead we found this absolutely sort of amazing sort of high-tech building. So, Ollie, how many years has the Capital Factory been, been in existence? Yes, yeah, so the, this physical location that we have now has existed for seven years. And there's four primary things that we host out of here. So we are a general open co-working space for any tech company that can apply to, uh, that can apply for that. So we have anywhere from large multinational corporations that work out of our space to, to the single entrepreneur that's kind of trying to work. And the goal is to actually have those people in the space so they can intermingle and you know, frankly, create those random occurrences that wouldn't normally occur on the street. So this sounds like music to most entrepreneurs ears because the whole structure of this uh, enterprise is, is to create entrepreneurialism between entrepreneurs almost. Yes, that is our goal. So we are, you know, the way that we started actually was focused on making a community hub for tech in Austin. And I was, as I was mentioning to you earlier, we're actually now expanding that to the entire state of Texas uh, to make one connected ecosystem. And we do that in many different ways. So we have a co-working space, but we also do events here. So we host about 1,500 tech-focused events here in our space every year, and we have about 125,000 people that walk through our space. Now, let, me, let me just get my head around that. How many again? Uh, about 1,500 events and 125,000 people. Wow. That's like three events a day, right? Yes, at least. Three events a day. Wow, because uh, one of the things, we did check out your website, and it is, there. there I mean, 
there's event after event after event. And also the thing that struck me very much, Ollie, was the, the variety of the events. It's not just people talking at each other. Yes, yeah, so we, we do a wide variety of events. We host hackathons here. We also actually provide our space for free for all, all, a lot of the tech meetups here. So if you're a JavaScript developer or you're into the Cassandra database or you're into digital marketing, we actually provide our space to those meetups that are regularly scheduled every month for free so they can come and use our space. And that's our way to give back to the community. And um, I mean, you're interested in entrepreneurs, you're interested in startups, you're interested in existing companies, but you're also involved in investing in companies that, that are in Austin or coming to Austin. Yes, yeah, so we actually run a world-class accelerator program here out of Capital Factory in Austin and now in Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Uh, that ha actually has been in existence in, uh, for about 10 years. Across those 10 years, we have actually accelerated over 500 companies, and currently we have over 250 active investments. Uh, and some of our success stories are, one I would like to point out is WP Engine. Uh, so they are a managed WordPress hosting platform. Uh, they were part of one of our first accelerator classes, and now they have grown to uh, over a $100 million company, and they just announced at the beginning of this year that they raised a $250 million uh, round. Wow. Uh, one of our other successes is a company called Sparefoot, uh, which they actually help people find self-storage. So self-storage is a big thing here in the United States because people are moving around and they need to sure. put stuff in sure. into places to store it. Uh, and they actually... Uh, just recently got bought out by a private equity company for $150 million. So these were two founders that were in California, two college students that just graduated. It was 10 years ago. They put all their stuff in their car and moved down to Austin to be part of our accelerator program. And they're still the CEO and the CTO of the company after this acquisition. So they grew their company from just their car all the way to $150 million buyout in 10 years. Sebastian, you're, you're shaking your head in kind of a bemused disbelief at this. No, not disbelief, but it's amazing. Yeah, so it's a very, yeah, it's a great success story. Of all things Americans are, we are makers. With our strengths and our minds and spirit, we gather, we form, and we fashion. Makers and shapers and put it togetherers. We start young, finding out early in life what it's like to feel something grow and take shape beneath our hands. We start young and we stay young, modeling with careful pride the things we expect to endure for ourselves and for others. We build for use and we build in fun, joining eyes and hands and brains into knowing teams that bring great dreams to life. We, uh, we run a world-class accelerator program here in the same class as Y Combinator or Techstars, as you've heard of. Uh, we are the most active angel investor in, tech, in the state of Texas. Uh, we wrote uh, about 52 checks last year. Uh, we're on pace to write over 100 investment checks this year. Uh, but yeah, so we do that, and then we help our companies raise investment for other investors. So what is the kind of average investment that you're making? Capital Factory, we're coming into the early to lead stage seed round, and our investments are anywhere from $100,000 to $250,000. Uh, but normally for our companies, uh, we help them go through Series A. Uh, so that means is that we do, we're never the lead investor, and we don't want to be. We want to find you your lead investor. Uh, and then normally we help our companies raise anywhere from a million to a $10 million 
more fun. Now, Ollie, you talked there about accelerated membership. Can you just give some of the practical, I mean, because this this is, you have to join the capital, or you have to be allowed to join the capital factory. It's not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I believe that, uh, and there's probably more people trying to join now than there are being allowed in. Yeah, so every year we, uh, through our accelerator program, because we do have a couple of different types of memberships here. So our regular co-working membership actually is also vetted. We do ask that uh, normally that you have to have two members that are already part of Capital Factory have to vouch for you. And the goal is, is because uh, even when you join here as just a member that you're paying to just co-work out of here, we actually give you access to our mentor network. So there's about 150 mentors available to you just if you're a member, and these are people that made WP Engine, that made Sparefoot, but also were part of uh, companies like Trilogy, are part of companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Microsoft. We work with all these individuals and there are mentors over here. So you, we have them all on a calendar and you can sign up for a half an hour to go talk to them about what they, and have them help you. And all of our mentors, actually almost all of them are also investors, and they're also looking for their next thing. So that's your way, if you're really looking for that, that CTO, you're like, maybe I should talk to this guy, he's already done this, maybe you might be able to poach a world-class executive, and that's just for our members. Our accelerator companies, who we actually take an equity stake in, get access to over 250 mentors, uh, because some of our mentors have said that they only would like to meet accelerator companies, we leave that to them. Uh, but they get to engage with them. Uh, and then we have an entire venture associate staff that works with our accelerator companies, not only on raising investment, but on pitching, on customer acquisition, on corporate partnerships, on other dynamics, on you know, expanding abroad, which is my, uh, my forte. And then we have an investor relations team that works with you to actually raise investment. It's, it's, uh, it sounds too good to be true almost. Now, now you, you mentioned there about expanding abroad. Have you got any particular cities in mind? Yeah, so uh, we're doing a lot of stuff with uh, Europe right now. Uh, so London will be our, our next venture. So we're trying to do a major initiative there. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it publicly okay. just yet. Uh, but uh, after we, we have that kind of squared away, look forward to a big Texas thing happening in London next year, at the beginning of next year. So business in Austin and the capital factory in Austin is a very outward looking international entity. Yeah, so, you know, it's Texas, right? So Texas, as uh, I don't know if I mentioned, just yet, but we are the 10th largest economy in the world. And part of that is uh, international trade, right? So we, we the, our companies don't just do business in the United States, they do business all over the world and they're international companies uh, that are set up here. So as we're setting up across the state and making a Texas-wide platform, that includes all of the historic partnerships that Texas has had. A more general question, Ollie, but um, I mean, how welcoming do you find Austin to international companies, to, but more particularly international entrepreneurs who want to come to the United States, who want to come to Austin in particular, to set up, to live their dreams of making success of things in the United States? I, I think there's a logistical and financial aspect of it, and I think there's also a lifestyle aspect of it. So uh, if you look at any metrics, you know, for the past, I think, three years, Austin, Texas has been rated the number one city to live in and move to in the United States. We have about 150 people, last I checked, move here every day. Uh, there's a reason why they're doing that is because it is a great place to live. So quality of life, Austin has world-class universities here. So we, obviously we have the University of Texas at Austin, which is one of the best universities in the world, but we also have 20 other higher uh, education institutions in the city. And also we have one of the best public school systems in the United States as well. And some of the most forward-looking public school systems. One of our public school systems has actually switched to a completely electronic 
platform. So when you go in, you don't get a textbook. All students get issued an iPad. And that's where they do their assignments. That's where they get their textbooks. So, so there's a lot of interesting things happening. But you know, from a company standpoint, it's also a great place to be because the costs are so much cheaper. So normally, when you're setting up here, you know, you're going to be paying a third to half the cost that you would be in California or New York or Massachusetts. Uh, it's because real estate is cheaper here. Labor is cheaper here. Not that you're paying people. Yes, you might be paying people less, but the quality of life for your employees is a lot better because for the same amount of money that they might be making in New York, you know, they're living in an apartment over here. They can afford their own house. Uh, they can be a single parent income family. They can have a better quality of life. Their kids can have access to more resources. But it, it, I mean, I, just as you're saying this, Ollie, I, I sort of envisage in about five, ten years time, half of America will have moved here and it'll be uh, just as overheated as uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York. Uh, we have a lot of space here in Texas. So <laughs> so those other places are pretty saturated and they don't have a place to they, they don't have a place to grow. Uh, I think 80% of Texas is still undeveloped rural right, land, so right. we have a lot of lot of space. Uh, yeah. so, so, so we don't need to get worried, but we do need to get in quick before things. Yes, get... yes, you should come here quickly. Our, uh, I don't think Texas will ever be more expensive than Silicon Valley or New York by the sheer amount of you know just real estate and land that we have. Here. Yes, prices will go up, and accordingly, incomes will go up. But the quality of life and what you will be able to get over here will always be more. It's just because we have more space to grow and we have more sheer land. Let me ask something. Um, has the recent discussion about Amazon having a second headquarter here increased demand? Have you, have you seen something more demand, more requests? Uh, Austin's kind of been meh on Amazon. is because we already have a ton of other people moving <laughs> here. So we're just like, hey, if you come... Uh, I think even our our actual package, uh, the chamber will have to talk to it. Actually, did not include a lot of incentives that the other cities were, were stating. Is because we're we're growing quite rapidly. So if they come here, we would love to have them be part of our community. We would like to integrate them, and we would like to integrate them into Austin, not have them shape what Austin is. Hi, you're listening to Move Your Business to the United States. Just a quick word from our sponsors, Mount Bonnell Advisors. The people there have been advising clients on moving stateside for years. For all your needs, both business and practical, head over to mountbonnell.com to find out more. Thanks for listening. We've been speaking to some expats who have come and lived here, and uh, both people from within the United States and from Europe, and um, universally they talk very well of the city and the lifestyle it offers. Um, is that something that Capital Factory also sort of explores with people? You know, because yeah. one, of, one of the big issues that we have with uh, entrepreneurs coming from Europe is not just moving business to business. In fact, that might be the easy bit. It's moving families, it's moving continents, it's moving cultures, sometimes linguistic. Uh, you know, is that something Capital Factory is aware of and helps people with? Yeah, so as I like to call, we actually have our own uh, international program called Touchdown Austin, where we help uh, international entrepreneurs and companies, international being outside the United States, you know, not international to the people. We're inter I mean, me sitting here in America is international to someone in, in the UK. So I always like to point that out. Uh, but we like to say we're your first friend here in the United States. So like I have actually talked to people about school districts. I've helped them find their first house. I help them figure out how they buy a car. You know, where are the dry cleaners? You know, where do you get where do you get laundered? Where are the best breakfast tacos in town? But these, these things are important, are they not? Yes, they're definitely important because that's part of being becoming integrated into a new system. And and we actually also legitimately have conversations with these entrepreneurs about the fact that do they actually want to move here? Because 
you know, you still have a company to run back home. Uh, it might be more beneficial to find someone here that can run it. Obviously, you know, it's a strain on your family. Do you really want to move them over here? Some people have legitimate ideas. Some, for some people, it's just like, because they're the attached CEO and they're like, I have to do it. And it's, you know, we want to have those conversations with you to help you make sure that you, not only do you make the best decision for your business, but you make the best decision for your family because inevitably that will affect your business. So if your family is not happy, your business is probably not going to be happy either. I think that's a statement you've said a few times, Sebastian. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I have myself, you know, moved my family over here and it's incredibly important, you know, to think about these things actually in advance before you do it and prepare it properly because you can have a great idea about moving here, but if your wife is against it or your partner, you know, you get a lot of problems, so that's not worth it probably then. Can I just ask Ollie as well, in terms of business culture, because one of the things we've picked up on is that we, 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 the English and the Americans speak a common language, but sometimes we mean different things. And one of the concepts that, that people were talking to us about is the American idea of excellence may be different from a European idea of excellence. I mean, do, 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 you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we definitely do that. So we do a lot of translation on that front as well. So and I, I think the main thing that that comes down to is how do you present your company and how do you pitch here? There are different criteria and different things that you look for. Like, you know, as I said, I travel abroad a lot. I've met with a lot of international companies. And in Europe, I'm going to generalize a little bit. This does not hold true for everywhere, but you know, you, you, have to, you have to do that when you're making these type of statements. But there's a much more bigger emphasis on your education, on your team, on the, maybe the core technology of what you're doing. Over here in America, there's a lot less focus on that and more it's like, what is the problem and what you're solving? They don't care about who's making it. They don't care if it's a high school student. Actually, I'll tell you, we, 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 we gave $100,000 to an 18-year-old kid who was a high school dropout. And now it's been three years since then. Now his clients are the Department of Defense for the United States, Lufthansa. Uh, he, he, goes, he goes and talks to four-star generals. He's talking to Mercedes-Benz. He goes up there and he, there are his clients and he has hired four PhDs that work under him. That's an incredible story. It's one of the things that we've come up is the concept of business failure in America being very differently perceived than in Europe. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so actually uh, the way I would say is that uh, our directors have said that at multiple times. Sometimes they'll accept a company in our accelerator, even though, part of my language, their idea is shit, is because they love the team. And they're like, we want them to fail here. So then, because they will eventually get to something that will become big. That's but amazing. But we want them to fail here, so then we can help them through that failure and help them find the thing that's going to be super successful. And that's very much part of American culture. Failure is much more acceptable here. Uh, it can sometimes be a badge of honor. I've heard that, which is, which is very encouraging for most entrepreneurs, because you probably know that in Britain when you fail, then you quietly retire from public life for the rest of your life and probably assume a different name. Well, and, and the thing with it is, is that it's failure is not always your issue either, right? So there were a bunch of social networks before Facebook. There's many things that are included in failure. And failure doesn't mean the world ends. Failure means you, you, you know, you start doing something else. You learn from it. And, sure. you know, we tell our kids that all the time, right? And if you don't, you know, that's why we tell them to practice over and over again. Why? Because if someone could just do it one time and learn it, then you wouldn't, you know. Yeah, it's so, probably not so worth failure doing. Is, is, is part of human life. And that's how, you know, if you look at very early stage, you know, a kid, how does he learn to walk? It's not like he just stands up and he starts walking. You know, he falls down. And then what does everybody do? They're not like 
bad child, you cannot learn to walk. Like, get up, get, you know, what, you, you're just wobbling around, you're like, you're actually encouraged as hell. You're like, they take their first step and you fall down, it's not a bad thing. You're like, yeah, that's great, you keep on doing, you know, and do that, and we've kind of moved away. So we still have that type of attitude later on in terms of failure, it's like, I don't think it's all rosy here. Obviously, you can have massive no, failures. No. Well, you've dealt with a number of entrepreneurs coming from Europe over, over the years, and you must see certain commonality in those that succeed and those that don't make it or those that never make it as far as Austin, they talk about it and they don't. Are, are you able to sort of say there's, there's, I mean, again, we're talking generalizations, but are there certain types of people who succeed better in Austin or in the United States from Europe and others that don't? I, I think, and this is something for U.S. entrepreneurs as well, it, it is the ability to change. A lot of people are very attached to their companies because obviously it's their baby. They've been working on it for a while. Uh, but willing to take input from outside sources uh, sharing your ideas with many people as possible and being able to change your idea, which is the whole point of a startup, right? You're supposed to be able to pivot really fast. You know, you don't want to be so committed to an idea that you have. You want to come in, and I, I think that's for any new market, you want to come in with a blank slate. Yes, you have some ideas and how you want to go about it, but be open because what happens is that when we're helping entrepreneurs, they come in with a specific idea, but one month later, all of that has changed, which is great. And then, so we start off with a really big funnel and we start narrowing it down so by the end of three months you really know how you need to be in the United States because you're going to come in with a lot of misconceptions, a lot of mis you know, uh, ideas that you have because frankly, and that's part of, like for example, if I tried to go to Europe, that would be the same thing. Right? Uh, but the great thing about us is that you know, if I was going to Europe, I would probably be like, let me call my friend who lives in London and ask him how do I go about doing things. We can be that friend on this side where we can properly give you the proper guidance. Okay, just, just help me out then. How many people actually work in this capital factory? Yeah, so uh, we have about 2,400 members that work out of our facility here in Austin, Texas. And uh, we have, I think, about 500 members now that work out of our facility in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and that's scheduled to keep on growing. We're hopefully going to be adding a new floor here soon, so we're having a lot more people. Just, just remind me, how many floors have you got at the moment? Uh, so we have three floors that equates to about 80,000 square feet here, which I believe is around four or 5,000 square meters. And so we have about 20,000 square feet up in the Dallas area, so about 100K. And how many staff do you have? Uh, so we're over 60 staff now. 60 staff. And then... And the other thing which I think you're hinting at is that people come and are very glad to, to make Capital Factory their first port of call, but even when they've made it in Austin and gone on to great things, they're still part of this sort of extended family. Yeah, so we, so we don't ever graduate. So we say we're a community. So when you come into our community, you're kind of stuck with us for life. So we'll find ways to integrate with you. When you make it big, we want you to come back as a mentor. We want to come, have you come back as an investor. We want you to teach the other entrepreneurs and help them avoid the mistakes that you uh, made during your journey and then maybe find your next thing as well. So we're a holistic ecosystem. So, you know, our ideal goal is that you come here for an event and you get really psyched about startups and you start working on your own idea and then you're like, hey, maybe I need a space to work out of where other people are doing similar things to me. So you start co-working here and then we can help you find your co-founder and then you have a company and then you apply to our accelerator uh, and, you know, we help you through that journey and eventually that becomes a big company that you get an exit out of and now you're a successful entrepreneur and then we, we rope you back into the ecosystem and say, okay, now it's your time to give back. Wow, where can I join? <laughs> uh, you, do you have your checkbook ready? <laughs> Ollie, we're really, really grateful for your time. Um, it's a very impressive venture you got here and uh, we're looking forward to, to many entrepreneurial discussions with you, your team, and with the entrepreneurs from Europe coming over and meeting you and your team here.
Thanks very much. Amazing. Thank you. Next time on Move Your Business to the United States. It's a city, but it's a small city. Very artistic, music, but, you know, there's entrepreneurs there as well. Not that many people have a bad word to say about it, and it's just seen as, yeah, okay, good place. You know, so that's how I, 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 I look at it. You've been listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, Kevin Turley. A huge thanks to my producer, Emmett Glynn, who produced this podcast for Mount Bunnell Media. To find out more, go to mountbunnell.com. And remember, dream big, dream America.